This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for September 11th, 2020. Apple may release a search engine for many reasons, including privacy, but could it also monetize the service? And what if Apple provided its own VPN for its customers? Plus, looking ahead to Apple's event on the 15th. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm good. What what color is the sky, Josh? It's been a little bit um, orangey a lot lately. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of photos on Twitter of people in the Bay Area, especially. It's pretty scary. Yeah, even in Southern California, there's fires really all over the state right now. So the air quality is not terribly good. Um, so I'm kind of happy to be stuck indoors at the moment. Okay, well, let's do a little bit of speculation this week. What if Apple created their own search engine? So there's been some interesting speculation about some potential future Apple initiatives. I won't say products because we're not talking about hardware. TechRadar has an article asking, could an Apple VPN or search engine be launching soon? The article says that, that Apple's been buying busy buying server components ahead of September event. Well, Apple buys servers all the time, and maybe it's time to renew servers, so it's not really that obvious. But the idea of Apple having a search engine and or a VPN is quite interesting. Uh, let's face it. We know that Google pays billions of dollars to be the default search engine on Apple devices. Billions of dollars. You can change the search engine. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to an article on the Intego Mac security blog because we have something explaining how to change this. You could change it to DuckDuckGo to – what's that Microsoft search engine? Bing. Bing, yeah. uh, and maybe something else. What if Apple did make their own search engine? It would be pretty interesting. I mean, Apple, of course, is the company that tells everybody we're all about your privacy. You know, we want to keep you private and uh, everything that you do on your phone stays on your phone, which, of course, is nonsense because <laughs> of all the cloud services that are highly integrated into the phone. Uh, when you're talking to Siri and, you know, it ha it has to query the Internet. So it's not really technically true. But um, the idea, though, is that Apple is saying, we really care about your privacy. And those other guys, primarily Google, when they're talking about competitors, right? Um, they don't care about your privacy. They're all about taking your data and using it to make money off of you in some way or other, right? Um, and so because of Apple's privacy focus, or at least how they market themselves, that could be a really interesting thing for, from a, a, the perspective of launching really both a VPN or a search engine. Um, but a search engine goes directly against Google. Like it's a direct competition to Google if they go after that. And it could be really interesting to see you know, as long as Apple has a really good quality search engine, for sure, they would be the default search engine uh, on Apple products. And there's a lot of people who use Apple products, especially iPhone and iPad. Um, so this could be a really big thing for Apple. If you think about it, though, 
on the one hand, Apple loses reportedly $8 billion a year. But to them, that's chump change. They've got the money. So they're not worried about that. On the other hand, this would totally upend the search advertising industry, all of the companies that use Google ads to advertise products. Because anyone with Apple devices, if Apple search engine was the default, um, would no longer be going on Google. So all of these products that are targeting Apple users, which let's face it, it's a more affluent demographic than say Android users, they would flail. And I think advertisers would not know what to do if people started moving to a search engine where advertising wasn't used. Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, You know, there are Google ads on, you know, embedded in websites and things like that. So, I mean, Google does have other ways uh, that they get their ads out there. Um, but, but that is a fair point. I mean, when most people talk about Googling something, you know, we don't say, oh yeah, search the internet for that. We say Google it. Um, it's, it's just part of the, the vernacular now of all. It's like to make a photocopy, you say you're going to Xerox something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, maybe not anymore, but back in the day, I remember we did when, when, when I worked in a company that had Canon photocopiers, someone would say, go make some Xeroxes of this. So, yeah, I can imagine people, they'll be searching on their iPhone. They'll say that they Googled something, even though they're using the Apple search engine, and (laughs) they might not even notice the difference that much other than the fact there's no ads. See, the real importance to me, though, is that um, Apple would definitely not be tracking your clicks, right? So Google tracks your search terms, and then they track which um, websites you click on. Um, Apple would probably do this in the background, but anonymously in order to build their algorithm, but they wouldn't dump this into a profile for you. Well, right. Exactly. That, that's what the difference would be, uh, is that they're not going to call it tracking because this is all anonymized and not tied to your Apple ID. Um, that's, that's what Apple could, uh, could argue they're doing better than Google because they're respecting your privacy. So even if you're signed into your iCloud account, when you use Apple search engine, their, their theoretical search engine that we're speculating about, uh, then they would not be tying this with your Apple ID. They wouldn't be necessarily tracking where you're going on the internet. But interestingly, we, we were talking before we started recording and you brought up that, uh, when it comes to use of Safari, when you're using your iCloud account, your Safari web browsing history actually is synchronized. So your Apple search engine searches theoretically may not be synchronized, but if they're still synchronizing your browsing history, then they do have it logged somewhere and it is associated with your account. I guess the difference here is that Apple will say, we're never going to use that data to target ads to you. Yeah. Um, you know, what's really interesting. A, a couple minutes ago, I looked up applesearch.com. Okay. Because that would be the ideal name, right? It wouldn't be iSearch. It would be Apple Search, like Apple Music, Apple TV. Yeah. The domain is owned and not used. Um, so maybe this is already in the works or maybe some clever person, um, registered it in, uh, in expectation that something like this might happen. But the, the idea of Apple doing a search engine would upend a lot of industries. I mean, you and I both know we're in this business where we work on a blog and we create content and we're worried about what's called search engine optimization or SEO, which is basically... A lot of people who think they know how the Google algorithm works and charge companies money to tell them what they think they know, even though they're not always right, which, (laughs) which guides 
which guides content creators into the way that they create um, web pages and articles. And, and in many ways, it goes against the way you write good articles. You, you used to have to stuff keywords in like every paragraph. If you're writing a, a something about the iPhone, you'd have to have, you know, the first paragraph, the title, the headers, and everything would have to be iPhone to trick Google. And Google is uh, constantly changing the algorithm. But if Apple had a search engine that was powerful enough, that had enough users, this would all be upended because it would be a totally different concept of algorithm than what Google does. Because Google's algorithm is designed for two things. One, to find things, but two, to serve ads. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I guess it really all depends on exactly how much a theoretical Apple search engine would really take off, right? Well, if it was the default in iOS and Mac OS, mm-hmm. if, if one day, of course, this actually would be a problem because many people are used to using Google and have Google accounts yep. um, and, and want to keep all that information in Google. So I don't think Apple could push it into the default. I think they would have to, when you're setting up a device, they would have to give you an option. Now, that's interesting. So from from my perspective, what I see Apple potentially doing here is that if you've never changed your search engine, if you haven't chosen some other search engine and you're just using the default, I believe that Apple would switch to their search engine. And also when you get a brand new Apple device, it would default to Apple search engine. Um, I think the, the cases where they wouldn't switch your search engine automatically when you upgraded uh, to the latest version of Mac OS or iOS, I think the, the cases where they wouldn't automatically switch your default search engine are where you have specified, like you've picked like a, an alternate search engine. So let's say you've changed from Google to DuckDuckGo. Um, you've made a conscious decision that you wanted to use a different search engine. And in those cases, I I would guess that Apple probably is not going to default you. The other thing that they could do, though, is the first time you open Safari after you've updated to this latest version, they prompt you and say, hey, um, we noticed that uh, you're using whatever search engine. Um, try Apple's new search engine. And, uh, and they could... Uh, encourage people to switch that way. So yeah. some people would And if be you don't switch, then they'd remind you a week later. And if you don't switch, <laughs> then they'd remind you a week later until you find the little small print says, don't ask me again. Yeah. May, I don't know if Apple would be that annoying about it, but perhaps. Oh, there can be pretty annoying with some of their notifications from some of their apps. I mean, they send notifications for the Apple TV app for new shows, which is something that I believe other app developers aren't allowed to do. Like you're allowed to send notification, um, you've got an appointment, you've got a message, but these are kind of marketing notifications and those are forbidden. But anyway, it's, it's Apple's playground. Now, what would worry me here is it's Apple's playground. They have control of the hardware, the software, and the main portal to the internet, which is the search engine. And that to me, it just kind of feels antitrust. But on the other hand, it's going against Google's monopoly in search. So it's kind of hard to figure, I mean, antitrust is like incredibly complicated and I never studied law, so I'm just guessing. But I think this would, you know, with all the questions around Apple's um, app stores and the percentage they take, um, the fact that the iOS app store is closed, this could have uh, antitrust implications. Well, right. And as you mentioned, it because it's one of the reasons why it's so complex is because antitrust law is different in every country. (laughs) 
And so it may not be considered antitrust in one country, and it is in another. And that makes things extra complicated, too. Um, and, and of course, this did immediately come to mind when we first started talking about this, this concept is, okay, well, but now Apple's going to control everything. Like, that's just one more thing that Apple controls. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, personally, as a user of Apple products, I don't um, – th- there is a part of me, there's a little part in the back of my brain that's kind of going, oh, that's a lot of things, you know, you're, are, are you, do you really want to put all your eggs in the Apple basket, right? Do you really want to have Apple controlling everything that you do online? Uh, you know, a lot of people use uh, Apple for their email provider and, and, and this and that, I, you know, iCloud storage. Um, there's a lot of things that you can already do with Apple services and just adding search engines on top of everything else. Um, you know, that gives Apple a lot of power, uh, if, you know, and of course, again, this Apple's supposedly all about privacy. They tell everyone we're all about privacy and that's an interesting thing because it makes people feel like they can trust Apple, but then what if Apple, you know, sometime down the road decides that, um, they're going to move on and now privacy is not their marketing tool anymore. I think as long as Apple makes as much money as they're making, they can afford to talk about privacy. But if Apple once again became beleaguered, then I think all bets are off. I think if they did have that much power, that could be a little bit disturbing. Um, but but the, the whole concept of a search engine is it's based around an algorithm. And if you search anything on Google, Bing, Yahoo, whatever, you'll notice that the results are very different. Apple would have to not only focus on privacy, but have really good results. Because you remember AltaVista back in the day, how much better it was than whatever the search engine was at the time, maybe Yahoo or what, what did they call those sites that kind of collected information about a topic? Oh, remember, um, like about.com, that kind of a thing? Yeah, things like that. And so in the early days, we would do that sort of vague search or we'd, we'd, we'd look up a topic and we'd find a web ring that had lists <laughs> of websites that talked about a specific topic. Then AltaVista came in, this is around 94. 93 and totally changed everything and of course google came in um in the early 2000s and totally changed everything mm-hmm. um so the algorithm is it's got to be better it's got to be as good as google or better otherwise people go back uh apple certainly has the technology and the money to do that but the question is can they make an algorithm that's better Right. I mean, <laughs> the thing that comes to mind immediately when you're talking about this uh, is Apple Maps, right? It was a total failure when it first launched. And Apple thought they had a great thing, but uh, in, in a lot of regions, it just didn't work very well at all. And so people just went back to using Google Maps. Um, and it has gotten a lot better. Uh, I don't use it all that often, but I hear from people who do use Apple Maps regularly that it's improved significantly over when it first launched. Um, but if Apple fails out the gate with their search engine, um, then they could have, I mean, again, even if, assuming that Apple would make this the default search engine, which, you know, um, Barring antitrust concerns, I mean, they have every right to to make it their default search engine. Um, if it f- was not as good as go- as Google search out the gate, then you're going to have a lot of people immediately switching back to Google and never looking, taking another look at Apple search ever again. Um, so it has to be excellent 
you know, it's got to have really good results. And the thing is, um, you know, determining what's a good result or not um, is is very dependent on the user, <laughs> right? And right. so, are you satisfied with what you found? Have you found what you're looking for? Is basically it. And you could find totally different results on Google and Apple, but they could both be what you're looking for because you don't know what you're looking for often until you find it. Right. Well, and then the other thing is that a lot of people just um, search for themselves whenever they're trying out a new search engine and see what kind of results they get. You know, good point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> is something related to me ranking higher than somebody with maybe a similar name or this or that? Um, and of course, I guess depending on who you are, you may actually not want to be on the first page of search results. <laughs> you know, if well, it depends on your name, Josh. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. My name is my name is unique enough that let's see, I get forty seven thousand on Google, I get thirty two thousand on Bing. Now that's a very big difference. That's that's you know two thirds, three quarters, almost. Um, I don't know out of all those numbers what the difference is, but I'm just scrolling down the pages and what I'm seeing is. It's very different stuff. The, the yeah. top results on the first page are different. So, uh, a few of them are the same. My my website, a couple of my podcasts, but most of the others are very different. Right. But frankly, the first 10 results are all that really matters. Everything that shows up at the top of the first page of search results, that's what matters because that's what people are most likely to click on. So we go back to advertising. And when you go on Google, other than when you're searching for my name um, – a lot of the top search results are ads, and that's what people click on, and that's why Google mm -hmm. has the dominance in web ads because they make ads look like search results. There's a little tiny vignette next to them that says ad, but it's not very big. You're on mobile. You're in a hurry. You tap on the first one very often. Yep. This has always actually bothered me a lot about the way that Google search puts ads up at the top. They're sneaking in ads in a way that most people – your, you know, your average internet user is not really paying that close attention. And they just assume that the first result is the one that they want. And they don't realize that the first result is often an advertisement, that it's not what Google is telling them is the highest ranked page for that search result. It's actually who's paying Google for that top advertising listing. Um, and that's always bothered me. And I would love to see a search engine where it's not all about, you know, making money. Um, I, you know, they'd ha have to monetize it some other way. But Apple, see, Apple makes money on hardware primarily. And they also make money on uh, other services as well. Um, but they don't have to make money on a search engine. And that's where there could be a really interesting differentiation here between uh, Google and Apple is that Apple doesn't have to make money with their search engine. They can do it purely from what looks like at least an altruistic uh, point of view where we're just giving you something because we love you, because you're Apple customers, and we want to make sure that you have the best privacy you can ever have. Because we love you, yeah. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> this is a side of you I didn't know. Do you really think Apple loves you? No, but they they want people to think that. I mean, they basically, you know, they might as well say we love you, you know. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to riff on this a little bit more because while Josh was talking about how Apple loves him, I did a Google search <laughs> of a really banal word. and It'll be interesting to look at this and to speculate how Apple might give different search results. And we'll also talk about the possibility of an Apple VPN. 
You already know that Intego loves Macs. After all, Intego has been making world-class Mac security software since 1997. But did you know that Intego Antivirus is also available for Microsoft Windows? If you've got Windows running on your Mac, either in Boot Camp or in a virtual machine like Parallels, VMware, or VirtualBox, make sure to protect it from malware just like you protect macOS with Intego Security Software. Intego Antivirus for Windows is also a great solution for your friends and family members with Windows PCs. Download a free trial of Intego Antivirus for Windows today, and when you're ready to buy, use the link in the show notes for a special discount. Don't use Windows? Don't worry. We've still got a great deal for you. First-time buyers of Mac Premium Bundle X9 can get Intego's powerful Mac security and utility suite at an incredible 40% savings by using coupon code PODCAST20 at checkout. Intego, makers of the best protection software for Mac and now for Windows, too. So while Josh was waxing poetic about his Apple crush, um, I did a search and I thought, what could be a banal word that I could search for? So I picked the word toast and I looked on my iPhone and I want to tell you what comes up. And this is the whole thing about ads is very interesting. So the first one is an ad for toast R in a circle, registered trademark, clothing and homeware, new collection. Now it says ad next to it, but if that's what I'm looking for, that brand, I'm going to tap on it and Google's going to get money because I've tapped on it. Personally, um, when I see Google ads in search results, if it's actually the company I'm looking for, I scroll down to find that company's link that's not an ad so they don't have to pay Google for me to tap. The second thing that comes up is an ad for John Lewis. John Lewis is like the Macy's of the UK. Um, so it's toast, shop at John Lewis and Partners. It's also an ad. The next thing that comes up is the actual Toast brand website. So that's the one that I would want to look for if I didn't want to, you know, give Google a tip. Then I get some Google Maps results. Interesting, because Google Maps isn't Google Maps anymore, is it? What's it called on iOS? In the App Store, it's called Google Maps Transit and Food. And if you've noticed recently, if you use Google Maps, they're really invasive about telling you what to buy. So Google Maps comes up. Um, for toast, because I was searching for a word that might have something local. Apple could do the same thing. Then you get people also ask, why is it called toast? What means toast? Is toasted bread healthy? What's another word for toast? Do you know another word for toast? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. Tribute, pledge, salutation. See, got you there. You were thinking about toast bread and people were looking for synonyms. Then I get Wikipedia, then I get some videos from YouTube. Now, see, that's interesting because an Apple search engine would probably not drive people to YouTube for toast videos. Then I get another um, John Lewis and then Facebook. And then let's see, here's a bar and here's a couple of things. And you know what else shows up and not in this search, but in another search I did before were some ads for apps on Apple's iOS app store. Oh, that's interesting. So you're searching for toast, and well, I've got a toast app about, you know, you push buttons and the toast pops out of the toaster and get it on the app store. Yeah. Um, You're searching where you can make toast, and you get Apple Maps things that come up. So Apple, a search engine is not just a search engine. It's integrating all these other things, and Apple could do a lot of that. They couldn't do the videos because they don't own something like YouTube. Um, I wouldn't mind not having my search results polluted with YouTube videos, to be honest. Um, But Apple would have a lot of content that they could put in to extend their existing products. 
Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting um, because Apple really, I mean, they have their own Maps app. And so they're basically doing something very similar to what Google is doing uh, with uh, with Google Maps on iOS. So that could be interesting. And I guess really um, Apple could be making a little bit of money off of their search engine because you could have companies that are trying to partner with Apple to get a, a better ranking in terms of local businesses and things like that. So there is still potential for Apple to make money off of their search engine without being specifically um, necessarily like ads that are showing up as ads, but there, there could be something that has to do with uh, maybe how highly one business ranks versus another when you're looking at local businesses, for example. Right. So like Yelp reviews or something. Um, yeah. When you get local businesses in, in Google, you get uh, basically a, a sort of a Google Maps view and you get a number of the businesses that show up and you see the reviews and you see opening hours, closes soon, closed, et cetera. There's all these things called toast around here, apparently. Um, so, yeah, but I wouldn't expect Apple to be doing anything um, to sell any kind of placement. I, I would expect them to be as neutral as possible because that is the problem with Google, isn't it? I don't think local businesses pay for placement. I don't know how it works because I live next to a farm. So, you know, the local businesses we have in my nearby town, it's not a big town. But you mentioned that apps also show up even in the Google search results. Sometimes um, apps show up, yeah. Right. And so I think uh, – iOS apps and macOS apps would probably show up uh, higher in Apple search results. I, I mean, this is logical, right? Because you're using an Apple device and you may very well be trying to sure. find an app. Um, yep. And and so, um, although, you know, that, again, that's, that's something that um, antitrust regulators are going to uh, probably have a problem with. Um, it does make a lot of sense for, for Apple to do something like that. Well, Google already does it. They steer people toward Google Play apps as well as Apple apps. So I'm not sure about, you know, the antitrust thing. Um, so before we finish, what about an Apple VPN? What if Apple rolled a VPN into their devices? Maybe that wasn't on all the time, um, but maybe that you could choose, let's say, uh, you could have a setting that if you're not home or not at work, if you're not on a trusted Wi-Fi network, that a VPN comes on automatically to protect your privacy. I think probably one of the things that Apple would would push with with their own branded VPN is um, you don't want websites to know your IP address because that's just like, you know, somebody knowing your home address. Um, It's something that's uh, often uh, very specific to you and it's private. And in, in, in many cases, it's uniquely identifiable. For for example, your internet service provider at your your home ISP um, probably gives you one IP address, and then you have it for a while. Eventually, it'll reset. Um, but but typically, a lot of people keep the same IP address for a while, um, even if they're not paying for a service where they they keep their IP all the time. It's just a, a kind of a, a matter of how. IP addresses are issued. And if there's not any particular reason for it to change, then it's not that likely to change. And so your IP address sort of um, is something that uh, allows you to, to easily be tracked as you go around the internet. It's one of many, many things that can be used to personally identify you. So this is something where Apple could say, use Apple VPN to make sure that nobody knows your exact location 
and nobody knows your IP, your personal IP address. Um, if, if nothing else, I mean, that's all Apple would really need to do to market their VPN. And I think a lot of people would, would immediately start using it. Yeah. And of course it also protects you when you're on a mobile network and, you know, an unsafe network that someone could be sniffing on, even though it's not that likely, but it does give you that added protection. One of the things that people use VPNs for, and I admit that I've been doing it lately, it's to connect to TV in a different country because it's the Tour de France right now. Instead of happening in July, it's happening later. And uh, since I lived in France for a long time, I speak French. I really like the French coverage better. So I use a VPN and I go to the French website to watch the live streams. I can't imagine an Apple VPN would give you a choice of countries. That's one of those things that um, I think that if Apple were to launch a service like this, um, there would be a lot of features that they're missing relative to a lot of uh, personal VPNs. Well, here's another great example. Apple operates in China. Yeah. An, an Apple VPN in China, if it if Apple did have Apple VPN in China, then it would only be able to connect to Chinese servers, Chinese VPN servers, which really, I mean... How how much is that actually going to protect you? Probably not a whole lot. It again, it's it's the kind of thing where it would protect you from uh, people knowing your home IP address um, when you visit a website, and it would protect you from people on your local network who are trying to sniff your traffic or, or manipulate your traffic. Um, so, like when you're using public Wi-Fi and that kind of a thing, um, but it would still allow. Apple to work with the Chinese government and provide, you know, any information that they ask for um, as required by law in in China. So uh, this is very different from like a personal VPN service typically is a consumer VPN uh, typically is not going to be partnering with governments and turning over your information. Most VPNs uh, at least say that they don't log you. They don't log your activities, that is. Okay. Um, Apple is having an event next Tuesday on September 15th, and the event slogan is Time Flies. So I think they're going to be talking about the air power. Would that make sense? (laughs) Uh, The air power? That was that multiple charging, multiple induction charging thing that they announced and never shipped. No, I think it's more likely they're going to be talking about the Apple Watch. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the the primary focus of this event. What will be more interesting to see is, are they going to talk about things besides the Apple Watch? And if so, what will they announce? Um, Now, again, we should say that the Apple VPN and Apple Search Engine, this is speculation right now. Um, but uh, And certainly not speculation for next week or even this year. No. But it could be something that's in the cards. Exactly. Right. So Apple Watch next week and uh, we'll see what else. Okay. Well, until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac podcast, the voice of Mac security with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd be so kind, leave a rating, a like or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com.